0: Finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Gadala. Thompson for three. bang! Play Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stone Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point. Yo, point yo, yo, guys, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Game Six Clay Podcast. It's your boy Gotham. We're full house today with my boys, Matt and Chuck. Brothers, welcome back. How we doing? Chuck, welcome back. Uh, missed you on the last episode, brother, but glad to have the uh the full squad. Um as we kind of you know dive into these dubs, man. It's it's the season's getting juicy. A lot of ups and downs, but before we get into it, brothers, how we living? Yeah, we're doing all right, you know.
1: We're we're getting by. Dubs have given us a break for a couple days. So, you know, got to rest, recoup, uh, you know, it's been an interesting couple days, you know, slowly watching Twitter burn down from the yeah, inside. It's fun.
0: <laughs> Elon, hate for those verifications, man. Should we do it for these clan? You won't Even catch me pay for that. <laughs> My money's not going there. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to
2: lie. I'm totally consumed by, uh, by these Warriors. Even amid all the election turmoil and whatnot, uh, top of mind has been the Warriors bench all week long. So uh, just on the Stairmaster for 30-plus minutes earlier, went by in five minutes because I'm just – Fake trading away, boys. We're all they're all going, down. staying. <laughs> That's <Matt, guys. laughs> a fake
0: trade. Yeah, we got fake trades. Yeah, I mean, I feel that man. It's been uh, it's been a very stress free sports. We, you know, no warriors are just one game. Shout out Steph. Niners have been off by a week, so kind of just revving back up for the for the heartbreak to start going back kicking back in this <laughs> um, weekend. Uh, but speaking of which, man, um, not, uh, Warriors coming off a, uh, a dicey 116-113 win led by Steph Curry. Who else? Um, greatest player in Warriors history. We I, I just want to say we get to watch this dude every night just put up numbers. Like this is all-time great shit that we're seeing from Steph. It's incredible what he's doing he's 34, gonna be 35. But the Warriors only eked out a three-point win. Um, the same issues that we've been seeing, guys, it's the bench. The stars left them a 12-point lead. They lost that, another big run by Sacramento. And uh, you know, they kind of they were they were down pretty much that entire game until the uh down the stretch there when Steph kind of took over. Uh but. You know, going into this break, what what are you guys pan- – your panic meter right now? 0-5 on the road trip. Um, dicey win at home coming off. You know, you thought that they'd respond better after that road trip. Same kind of problems are going on. Where's the panic meter at? Eleven games in, 4-7 with, um, you know, just games picking, picking back up right now.
1: Yeah, so if we're going 1-10, to 10, um, you know, first I want to just say a quick note on that Steph Curry thing. Like – You know, we all know uh, StatMuse tends to post some uh, things that make absolutely no sense or mean nothing. Um, But one they posted earlier I thought was pretty damn relevant. Uh, Can you guys guess the three players who are currently leading their team in points, rebounds, and assists? They all play in the West, by the way. Wait, say that again. The three players who are doing what? Leading their team in points, rebounds, and assists.
2: Steph, Luka, Jokic? Jokic? Right off
1: the bat, there you go. I was going to say Brandon Ingram like a total clown, so I'm glad I didn't speak. <laughs> ah, nice. Hey, no, we we respect Brandon Ingram. We got, we got NBA TV. What? But dude, is that not a perfect example of like? Can you think no. of three players that are leaned on more by their teams right now? It's um, also
2: it's funny because you know at some point in the year Steph's net rating is going to be just absurd and fans are going to be like this guy is so good but they're not going to realize how bad that is for the warriors that his net rating is that good and he already is like chuck, chuck copy your head what is it his net is like plus 25 or insane something like that. bananas yeah. that's Jokic last year man and it's not that's not what it should he, be but if chuck, they had a
0: better record he would be the front runner for mvp now. like steph curry running away with the early season just He's putting up 32, seven and six and just shooting incredibly efficiently. He's a bad baby faced man,
2: dude. But there's also a a big man called Giannis in the East that I would not, um, not want to trivialize here. But Chuck, you were saying, man, uh, tell us more about our, our guy, 30.
1: I mean, what else can you say at this point? Like he means more to this team than anything. And I think that's the one thing that I keep coming back to is you can really only panic so much. Like, when you have 30 and when he's playing like this, when you have Draymond, who I think he's been a little down on his activity, like communicating, but he's still a defensive, just nut job. Like the way he can map out the court, he's playmaking, I think a lot better than he did last year. And I think that just gives you such a ceiling. So I think my panic meter right now is probably at about a three or a four. Cause these are all very fixable problems that they have. Like, I think the things that give me pause are internal. It's not a question of talent or their ability to make moves because they have a lot of leeway to try to get things done if they need to. Um, But really, we've seen this sort of team hit rough stretches before and everyone wants to sound the alarms and there are some very real issues they have, but... When you got Steph playing like he is, when you got Draymond playing like he is, when you got all that talent waiting in the wings, like something's going to click eventually. And the fact that they've come here, you know, four and seven is not great, but we've all seen what's happened in the clutch time situations. You know, they're just kind of looking out of sync. Teams are hitting some really tough shots against them. Uh, You know, I I don't feel too worried about the current state of the Warriors right now. Uh, I think we've seen time and time again when, 30 and 23 are out there and they're healthy and they're playing well. Would we'll be pretty good. Let's go, Chuck. What do you yeah, feel my, about, Chuck?
2: my mind is, is Plato. Uh, I'm a baby. So, uh, I'm not going to lie. If you had asked me first, I would have said 10 on the panic meter. And I would have said, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have said, way. uh, this team right now, as constructed as a play in team. And you know what? I probably still believe that, uh, I'm going to stick with that one for now. Cause I think this roster is not very good. Um, I think they have the pieces to move and moves to make, but there's a lot of holes defensively on that bench, and they need it's and it's not to say if you toss this team in the playoffs literally right now, I think they have a good shot of doing a lot, making a lot of noise, but you got to get there first, and if they're committed to the plan that they've kind of laid out so far, I don't see how this team starts climbing way 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 far above 500 like they need to to get out of that um top six range and so if they make and they can't make moves i like that that's a really important comment chuck um they have the assets and the means to make moves it's just my panic meter is more so based on the roster right now and uh potential commitment to the the plan they have right now whether or not they're actually willing to deviate from that or let's just say this team is 500 come january and february does do Bob Myers and Joe Lake up and kind of say, Oh, we're a 500 team. Like maybe this team can pull it out, even though um, they're being dragged down by some of these uh, not awesome bench players. So um, my panic is, it's high. Cause I'm always panicking high, man. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm just a panicker dude. I'm, I'm insane. So uh, yes, high, but it's also with the grain of salt that realize that I realize that they have moves to make even in the rotation right now where they can get better. Um, but I think this team, unless they add some help, um before the deadline or at the deadline i don't see this team making the same run they did last year i think they're in a pretty rough spot at the end of the season
0: that's fair i mean i think panic wise like in terms of i i like how you brought up like the moves that they're gonna make and stuff so i feel like there's two kind of different panic even panic timelines even like there's the panic on the court which is like are they gonna fix this and like are they gonna figure this out and for that i'm not that worried i think that like you guys said, this the starting unit is playing really well. You still have Steph, Clay, Draymond, um, Looney, guys who you trust. And, you know, they're still working their way with JP. I mean, he's big. I know we'll get into him in a little bit. Um, but just there there's so much fixable stuff beyond just the young guys stepping up that I think that this team is able to stay afloat and they'll figure it out come, you know, the stretch run. But the other panic side is like you said, like are they committed to this two timeline plan? Obviously they've got a lot of work with Wiseman. Um I think he's just behind in where um they wanted him to be at year three coming in. Obviously the injuries had a lot to do with it, but you know, that's just kind of where you're at right now with Wiseman. It's, it, he is a project and it's one of those sunk cost kind of things where it's like I, I you know, we, we gotta see what we gotta see. And the time is it unfortunately is coming short because he does he is an asset in terms of just trading trading wise contract situations, um that tax implication. So it's it, you can't hide from the problem that you know these young guys Kuminga's got a little bit longer of a runway. I just think he's more physically ready. And uh if for him it's just it seems like game reps. So you you believe that, you know, just seeing these guys develop, seeing what Jordan Poole was able to do last year, Moses Moody so far this year. I think that Kuminga can, you know, just in terms of just getting those reps, I'd like to see that. But, you know, it it that that's where the my panic comes in is what where does this is this team gonna pivot to? Because you don't want to not maximize what Steph is doing right now. Cause like we said at the beginning of the show, like Steph Curry is is an all time great, and you don't get that and ever. Like it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing. So for us as fans, and I, I feel like the team owes it to him to, uh, for, for the four championships he brought us, we got to give him the best chance to win it when it is prime. And so for that's, if I, I don't see, I don't know if the front office, you know, is thinking that way and time will tell. And, you know, very in these next couple of months, like where that goes. So my panic's more on that side. I think on the court, Um they'll, they'll figure it out. We got, like we said, we got Steph is this the most mad you guys have seen Steph like
2: on a consistent basis ever? Yeah. Like he, I've never seen him as demonstrative on a basketball court, like towards his teammates as I have in the last couple of weeks with just like even Moody who like, we all agrees as far as just basketball smarts goes, like he's the most ready player to be out there right now for the young guys outside of the pool, obviously. But um, Moody didn't clear out in a break one time and Steph just lost his shit, dude. And it was like, And you love to see that,
0: like that's that's what you want to see. Like you wouldn't in years past, especially like step Like you even hear the guy, like like the like the vets talk about it. Like they had other vets there that kind of had their back, and they're kind of those guys now. Like you, you are the greatest player on the court, but you also got to step up, like as that emotional guy that Draymond's been. Um, you know, you had Bogut do it back in the days. Um, just so many guys that kind of fill that role as a as an OG, as kind of a vet. That now that it's now Steph, Clay, Draymond, and you know, seeing Steph demonstrative like that, I, I loved it. it, fired me up. Seeing Clay get ejected like you know, a couple weeks ago, that fired me up. Like it's 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 those those guys, like they they are the they are still the backbone for this franchise, and if they want to win a championship, it's gonna be on the backs of you know Steph Curry and like this the crew that you got right now. So I want to see them demonstrative. I want to see him pissed off at the young guys and want him to see like get get mad if he's not coming up on the screen like it's it, it's but the system's built around Steph and if if he's not happy with it that's you know you got a problem so I I love seeing
2: it Chuck can you lay out man what do you think what just go over like each of the young guys right now and I want you to kind of you can you can dip your uh, I don't I not gonna say dip your hand in a pool as you know but that sounds odd so I'm gonna say you can uh hey, you no, can, yeah no 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 I mean respectfully speaking uh hmm. Poole is someone I think we all think will probably figure things out. But as far as um, Moody, uh, Wiseman, obviously, Kuminga, how, Chuck, should the Warriors be approaching? And Poole as well, because he's tied to that bench, obviously, I guess. But how should the Warriors be approaching those guys individually um, for the next little while?
1: Yeah, so before we get into that, too, on, like, the communications front, too, I think we've seen, like, you know, Steph, Draymond, whoever, they're always pointing out to, like, Andrew Wiggins where to go. You know, that's... That's what they do. That's part of this team. And I'll take that all day over like not doing anything or being pissed off behind the scenes. Like they do it in a constructive manner and then they work it out. And, you know, yeah, like it's boiled to a frustration point, but they're losing, they're trying to figure out playing with like this new team. There's a lot of expectations. They're trying to defend a title. I'm sure they're tired as hell because they've gotten a lot less of a break than everyone. So you know, I'd see that as a win if Steph and Draymond are still willing to like put it out there and help these guys. Um on the young guys, I I wanna I wanna save the pool one for a little bit because that really just seems more mental than anything else. And you know, we can speculate all we want, but I don't think that gets us anywhere. I think we've seen a lot of people just trying to speculate on like the mindset of these rookies, the mindset of these younger guys. Like, especially with all the trouble coming from like the bench celebration, you know, we got a lot of amateur psychologists out there um, trying to project whatever weird insecurities on these guys. Um, so I don't want to comment on any of that stuff. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not the team psychologist. I got plenty of issues myself, so I'll deal with my own stuff. Uh, on the front, like, I think... I think I laid it out there pretty clearly. Like I don't think we haven't done a pod since I dropped my like Wiseman piece. Look at Chuck. Um, yeah. yeah, if you haven't checked it out already, uh, my piece on the James Wiseman experiment is over on Outwitpass.net. But That's how you really feel, Chuck? <laughs> uh, no, I think I think we've kind of seen that run its course for now. Until they can either build a different team around him, build confident in a new skill set, or just you know, move on, whether that's moving him to the G league for now and accepting that he can't contribute rotation minutes or moving him to another team entirely. I really don't see how they can build a like cohesive enough bench unit around him that can mask his deficiencies and build confidence and still play winning basketball. And at this point, You know, with the level to which we've seen the bench struggle, I don't think they can afford to sort of try to make up for those deficiencies the way they used to. I mean, the way they did so far this year. Um, I think that's really sort of where I'm at with Wiseman is the best solution for him is not to just get trotted out there every night with a bench unit full of struggles and just build endless bad habits and, you know, continue to be like hanging his head because they're getting crushed out there. Like that's, that's just not productive for anyone. Chuck, I wanna, <clears throat> I wanna pause real quick, man, because I just want to say,
2: uh yes, I actually do go read the article because Chuck lays out like with with real life numbers as opposed to me just, you know, bathing in a pool of pessimism like I tend to. Chuck lays out some good <laughs> cases for uh for a lot of what he's saying about about Wiseman, so check that out. But Chuck, back to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um but uh yeah, so that but that I think is where sort of we're at with Wiseman. Um on the Kaminga front, I think. We saw this new rotation get trotted out there, where they're going a little, a little smaller. Uh, we saw more of some Draymond at the five um, for that first half, at least. We saw Kaminga getting trotted out there as the four, a little less to Michael Green than I expected. Um, but you know they're trying things and they're trying to make it work. You know we saw a lot of Anthony Lamb, which I think is interesting. He he isn't super talented. Compared to a lot of the other guys on the roster, but he, you know, he boxes out, he hustles, he makes pretty tough rotations. So you know, Kerr's always going to value that. Um, Ty Jerome's been stepping up in that respect too. So I thought that was interesting. I think, you know, you sort of see, you sort of see with Kerr, like there was so much talk about this new rotation, and then they're down twelve at halftime to the Kings. So he just goes all right, we're passing the emergency button. I'm coming out of halftime with Draymond at the five, and we're just going to punch these dudes in the teeth and win this game. And they did. So I think that sort of shows some flexibility that, um, you know, obviously you would like it to be from like a proactive standpoint instead of, oh, God, we're losing to the Kings. But um, I still think it was good to see that. And, you know, we'll we'll see them give another crack at this rotation because I think if you pair Kaminga with – you know, a lot more minutes around a guy like Lamb who's hustling and doing the right things. And a guy like Jemichael Green who's showing him, you know, hey, I'm not like the paint protecting center. I'm not the, you know, number one perimeter defender, but I do a lot of things well. I rebound hard. Um, I set tough screens. I stay active, you know, in like the mid range, he makes decent like weak side rotations. So I think he's got a lot to pick up there. And Really, I think if you can find sort of that defensive role that makes him more cohesive, he is a he's offering a lot offensively, and it just needs to get more consistent. Because I think we saw last year, like, the more and more he played, the less of repetitive issues we saw of, like, missing spots of where to be or missing timing in plays, which, as we've seen, are so reliant on timing. And if one guy screws it up, it's not going to work. Um catching the ball, you know, like last year it was such an issue early on. And then he just got so much better. He wasn't dribbling it off his foot on every other drive. So I think they just got to really keep hammering that home. You know, make him a screener, make him a roller, run him on that empty side stuff where he can just like roll to the basket and make clean decisions. You know, either dunk it on someone's head or pass it out to a shooter. Um but I think that's sort of the move going forward for Kaminga is just let him get in there consistently and let him work through some of these things because you know, I think was whereas we've seen the Wiseman thing run its course, I think there's a real chance that Kaminga could add a lot to this team down the stretch because they don't really have a game-breaking athlete like him. No, uh, you can really
2: see team. with Kaminga like, a lot of what he brings. And you don't notice the the faults in his game. Like, he could make – a lot of people could and probably have made the same, you know, plus-minus argument for Kaminga as they, they were for Wiseman. When Wiseman was playing. Kaminga's plus-minus so far is really bad. His net rating is horrible. Um, I, and again, if you want to call me hypocritical here for my Wiseman takes, that's totally fair. But like, I think, I do think Kuminga's struggles in that regard are more so a, uh, testament to the bench play so far than it is him personally. Cause I think Kuminga Chuck, I think you kind of, you kind of hinted at this, like he has his, his value to this team. He gets to the rim, he gets the free throw line. He's, he loves contact. And he's not like an incredible rebounder, but he has an has a nose for the ball, and he's he wants to get the ball at least, and that's something that at his size and with his athletic ability, they don't have elsewhere, and I think he can give them a mm-hmm. lot, a lot, especially even as a on the other end. I think we all kind of said months and months ago before it became the thing to say that like this guy can probably be, you know, some some kind of semblance of what Gary Payton did last year as a defender. And he's not Gary Payton. Gary Payton's like a one-of-one one almost, you know, a guard defender. But Kaminga's got the lateral speed and strength to stay in front of smaller guys and some pretty big wings, which is, you know, Payton obviously much smaller was really valuable for that reason, though. And that's actually a big concern going forward with both kind of Clay and Poole struggling um, defensively the way they are. But, yeah, I do, Chuck, I fully agree with your, your Kaminga uh, take right now.
0: Yeah, I feel like the fundamental difference between Kuminga and Wiseman, and I feel like why, like, I guess the, the discourse is what it is. It feels like Kuminga can be a piece in this, like, puzzle. It's, Wiseman just doesn't fit. Like, you just, you can see it on the court. Like, Kuminga's is going to make mistakes, but, like, it's mistakes you can live with. For Wiseman, it's like, it feels like, bro, you're not even setting a screen. Like, the fundamentals are just off. So, for Kuminga, it, that's when you say, all right, you get game reps. Like, you actually get to, have, like, the like, last game, you only got... That one, that first run in the, in the first half when that, like they, in the, when they actually ran the rotation. So like that, like that's like, that's such a small sample. So you see it over a couple games. I genuinely think, like you guys said, like last year, Kuminga was down the stretch. He was playing really well. Like we felt like he could have been like, uh, he was an asset in some of the playoff series. He started in some playoff games. So like the guy, like just let him play a little bit and you have, not saying you have a luxury right now when you're four and seven, but you got to pick one of them. And I, like you said, Chuck, and especially in that piece, um, another plug, shout out to piece. Um, but like Mm -hmm. Wiseman, just his it just didn't fit. Like you, and it it, it's gonna take a lot more work. You have another guy who's ready to at least be like potentially be a piece in this in this like rotation puzzle. Might as well just let him let him figure it out along the way. At least give him the chance to. So that's just for me. Like the difference between those two young guys is right there.
1: Um, yeah, and you know also in the interest, like I think people, you know, like it is out there. Like Wiseman. Is having confidence problems, and you know, you see like the head hanging, and you know, sort of like the general frustration. And you know, I think people are quick to jump and assume that's just his character. And you know, I'm willing to believe that the guy's just been through hell for the last Yeah, three Like, it's years.
0: not even like a it's not even like a it's his fault kind of thing. Like, the guy got injured, he hasn't he hasn't played a lot of games, like he got drafted number two. He didn't, that's not that's all stuff that. You 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 drafted him thinking he was a project, and it, this project hit some hits, hit some hitches along the way. But like I, I like I think with time, the, I mean I hope the kid can develop into something. That seems like a great guy, just doesn't fit. And I feel like it goes back to like just the larger goal of got to maximize it for right now. And brings me to my next right. question. If these guys aren't it, do you do you scrap it? Do you scrap the youth? just two timeline plan because obviously the, you you're not getting any return on any investment that you made. That you know we if you figure it out, you might be a you know whatever scraped into the playoffs might be a playing team, but you still got a shot when you get to the dance, and you still have these young guys on your like I just feel like their value is so low right now that you're just selling like for cents on the dollar. I don't know. If, I don't know if the ownership or front office goes for that. Like just to be. To just pull the plug on any one of them, I, I, I mean, I think we got an idea who that one would be. But so my
1: general thought, and like, I hate to, I don't want to like put specific names out there. Besides, you know, I think for a lot of reasons, for his own benefit as well, I think Wiseman is the most obvious trade candidate if someone is going to be moved off the roster, not just because he's closest to a new deal. Uh, he makes the most money out of all the young guys, thus the exacerbated tax penalty. But mostly just time. Um, you know, it's time for him to get something different, and I think that could make sense. But I think really what you need to focus on is consolidating this. Like right now, you have Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, Pool. Obviously, working into a new extension, but I think he's still a young guy. He's working through things. Yeah. Uh, So you have those four as unknown rotation guys, more or less. And then you still have roster spots going to Patrick Baldwin and Rollins. And, you know, I've, I don't need to say anything more else about Wiseman, but I think for the other five, those guys all have a very good case of being in the league of getting rotation spots soon, but there's five of them. Like, that's just not tenable. And, You know, I was having this conversation earlier uh, with our buddy Sam over at LightYears. I like all of these picks in a vacuum, and I like the process they went through. But the thing I disagree with is if you're going to keep all of these roster, like all of these guys on the roster, you should have been taking guys that you know have a higher chance of contributing right now. Mm -hmm. You know, because in a vacuum, I'm like, hey, you know, Patrick Baldwin Jr., like maybe he was – Maybe you can't keep drafting that. projects. Like Yeah, no, they keep they keep going for the long shot and they've gone to it multiple times. And realistically, Pool is the only one who's paid off in like a short term sense. You know, it's too early to call it on like these other guys, but they're not there yet. Like Poole is the only one who's really arrived and sort of made like a positive difference. And even then he's regressed a little bit this year. So To me, it's about consolidation. Like, you need to look at, take a hard look at this and say, look, like, we can probably only hold on to like two or three of these guys long term. And Poole was one of them. So, you need to take a really square look at this. And, you know, if a deal comes along and you got to trade one of the guys you just drafted this year, um, because they're an asset in a deal and you can get like a controllable veteran piece back or even just a piece that you're, feeling a little more sure of contributing, then you have to consider it. Or if someone, you know, tries to come along and they're, you know, overly interested in Wiseman or if they want to make some sweet offer on, you know, Moses Moody, like whatever it is, you know, like you, this, my point is that they have to be open to sort of consolidating this issue and saying, okay, we can, you know, make, three or four guys on this roster be projects instead of six. Like, I think that's a much more tenable solution because, you know, you want to have that upside. You want to have the potential of like hitting a home run on these rookie deals, but you know, it's dwindling. And when you have so many guys at once and they're all trying to fight for playing time, like you have the potential to really just kind of muck the whole thing up. Even if I think you do have a bunch of good players, uh, you're, you're sort of not doing them any favors right now. So that's that's sort of where I'm at with it. Like, I don't think you need to just completely move on from this youth movement, but the way it's going right now, like, this is just, it's it's doing more harm than good. So I'm kind of at the point. I don't I don't disagree, but I don't think,
2: I don't think it should be out of the question, but I want to hit something that Gotham said earlier about, you know, trading these guys at a low value. I don't think, I don't think any of those guys are actually, this is weird, maybe this is just me being, you know, Uh, having like desirability bias but I don't think that any of the three lottery picks are losing value right now and that's not because they're performing epically but those are all guys who they're upside anyway right Moody's a guy who I think most teams in the league know if they trade for him they can put him in their rotation like that's not that hasn't changed I don't think and then with with Wiseman and Kuminga that's not you're not trading them to a team who wants those guys to be good now. And those guys, long term, they are they're freaks of nature. They are kind of guys athletically who you do bet on. Like they, I don't think teams are watching this thinking like, oh man, those guys are never going to be good. I don't think that's changed. I don't think, um, I don't think any teams doing that. I think most teams that want like to look at those guys know, yeah, it's going to be a minute probably. Kaminka probably less so. Um, I think we all think Kaminka can play more right now than he has been. Um, but I think with regards to uh, to Wiseman. Yeah, Chuck, you hit it on the head, man. It's just not good for any party involved right now. Uh the guy is, you know, he he could I mean again, he's a 20 year old kid, 21 year old kid, he could be putting up 16 and 7 or 8 somewhere right now, like easily, right? If he's in the right roster, I'm sure that's what he wants to be doing. Um I think if the right move comes up, I don't think anybody at this point should be untouchable, if I'm you know, That's kind of where I'm at. Like Gotham, you said it earlier, but Steph, Steph is Steph he is and always will be the greatest warrior ever. And with him on the team with a half decent roster, again, what's insane is right now, this team is three games below 500. That happened a few times throughout the 2021 season, but that team actually had more bets than this team has, which is weird. That team was not stacked by any means. And that team ended up finishing six games over 500. Um, If this team finishes with this roster, I don't think they're going to be a, what is it? 47 win team. Right. I think that's kind of out of the question. And that's kind of weird considering how not not great the 2021 roster is. So if the move comes up, I don't think there's any of these guys. The Warriors should be so attached to that they can't move on. And I really don't think any team trading for them would be um, put off by their performance so far. Because it, 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 these guys literally are long term investments. And that's how the Warriors should have approached it or at least had knowledge of going
0: into it. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean just like <clears throat> I didn't even really think about it until you till you brought it up, Chuck, but just the amount of like projects they have, like Kuminga's a project, Pool was a project, it ended up you know paying off. Um Wiseman, uh Patrick Paul, like they it like like it feels like they're trying to outsmart themselves sometimes. Like, you know, you're just trying to prove it to everyone that you you know you are like this just next level organization, which might be the case, which might not, but like just what it looks like. But, um, I'm with you guys. I think that the goal it should be to, it's always to win championships and you are right there. Like you are like, it's, it's so close between what this team looks like right now to if they had just, if the starters had a little bit more help just to kind of grow into their own and like kind of start firing all the cylinders and just have a little bit more support from their bench. I feel like it's not asking much. They just need to be a very, very serviceable like mid NBA bench. I feel like we were talking about that um earlier, like just uh texting back and forth. But they just need a mid bench for this team to very be a very serious contender for to win Net, uh, to go net back zero. And back. Just just literally stay steady just in hold the meds. lead, That's bro. Hold. It. can you can you come in and not be a negative impact on the team? Which I feel like should be the goal of any bench, you know, in in the league, and I think that is. So for the fact has as bad as his team's, be- like the bench has been, and you know, stars have some stuff to clean up as well. But th- you're seeing the problem just, uh, just defense fouling, and uh, just these bench guys just are not up to speed. I think Divincenzo comes back, and I think that that's going to be a solid. um kind of stabilizers just have another guy let like JP kind of get back into his um, just, you know, go get a bucket kind of, kind of get mindset. But so I think DiVincenzo helps out a lot, just coming back, um, being that floor general. But again, like, like you said, none of these guys are off limits. You are so close to having a, like just being able to con- confidently say you can, you can win. And for, for whatever they are, four and seven, they've had like five winnable games that they've lost, like just down the stretch. So this team could easily be having the same problems and be like, eight and eight and three or whatever the math adds up so like i'm so that's why like the panic stuff and even when it comes to making a move like this it you you do have not necessarily time i feel like you you kind of put dug yourself into enough of a hole that you have to come back but i feel like you can ride this out till the trade deadline and really make like like you said the right move has to come along you can't You know, I don't think you should settle for, especially just how big these investments were. Uh, but I also agree, man. I think that's a good point that they would not be going to teams that you know want them to be good right now. So um they just we'll see what you can get. Um But yeah, nobody's untouchable. Um, the goal is to win a championship. And I honestly,
2: so if, right if you guys there. had to guess right now, like, are you are you betting on any of these guys being all stars? Like, if you had to say right now. One of I'd Kuminga, say, Moody, or Wiseman is gonna be an all-star. Who are you betting on and how confident are you in that?
0: I'd say Kuminga just because of the physical just ability he has That's offensively and defensively, but um like just put a number. I mean, like I don't know. I haven't like we haven't really seen what this kid can do. Um just is the, the potential's there. Like, you can see it. The, there's, far, there's flashes. But again, like, you, we have, we haven't seen any of these guys. Uh, Mo- Moses Moody's kind of coming in his own, but he seems more like just a very, very serviceable NBA mm-hmm. win. He'll be in the league for a long time, like have a great career. Um, I don't know if he reaches that all-star level, but Kuminga has that, like, just next level, um, athleticism, um, just what he can bring to a team. You we just, we, gotta, we just got to start seeing consistently. And he is only in his second year. So mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to take that bet on Kuminga. Um, Just got to make sure that, you know, it matches up. The timelines match up. Like it it comes down to the two timeline thing. You're at a weird little impasse right now. Like it's going to, we'll see, we'll see how it looks. I mean, it's really up in the air. The Warriors kind of control their destiny for that one. So it's, they got two months to kind of figure it out. Chuck?
1: Yeah. In that same vein, like I think Kaminga is definitely up there, you know, for guys like that. Uh, Really, if you want to get yourself in that all star conversation, you need a pliable skill that, um, is just tough to match and Moses Moody does a ton of things as well. But ultimately I think, you know, for his whole career, he's been like the serviceable glue guy who's like your, you know, third ultimate best teammate, ultimate teammate. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, he can, he can make good rotations. He's still you works win championships with those guys, defense, so you, but
0: you win championships with those kind of guys.
1: Yeah. And you know, whether that is an all-star in there, who knows, uh, I think Kaminga has that upside as well. I think, you know, even a guy like Patrick Baldwin Jr., like if you're six foot ten and you can shoot the lights out, like look at like Michael Porter Jr. playing at the level he's playing, he literally can only shoot threes. He has no other things he does. And he's still like on one of the best teams in the league, got a max contract, and you know, that's that's kind of like what you're playing with. It's just like, all right, well, you know, he's six foot 10. He moves like that and he hits 45% of his three. So what the hell? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, so I I think he's a guy who has that kind of sneaky upside. Obviously, we haven't gotten to see much of him. But, you know, again, this is all theoretical. Like, mm-hmm. here's my other thing. Which I would say, do any of these guys realize their all star potential with the Warriors? Once again, yeah. I think the same answers another, probably
2: apply, yeah. and it's long term. But I think Kaminga at, at the, in the next two years, if he just he could take the lead, role, man, he could he take the next two role that Warriors long to have. He can. The Sean Marion comp is not my favorite for a long time for who he is right now, and obviously Sean the Matrix is, you know, the guy's a fucking <laughs> quite literal legend, right? But um, it's that little athleticism and just off ball movement, and got, got them doing the uh, the Chuck the, the Sean Marion. Uh, you know a little hoist, shot. hoist from the chest jump shot yeah <laughs> oh, um, but that's that's the guy i think but if they're all on the roster like i don't think any of it could be that's kind of also the issue right we can get into that we'll get into that throughout the year i'm sure a uh, Wiseman coming a fit um but right now we need to fit a little break in here so we're gonna take a quick break to hear from our sponsor anchor and we'll uh get right back to you guys okay
0: just so Yo, 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 guys! What is up? Welcome back to this episode of the Games These Clay Pod. Shout out Matt. Shout out Anchor. Um, you know we said it last year. We'll say it again. Hey man, shoot us the memos. Uh, wouldn't mind some uh, some upgrades to the production. Um, shout out Anchor. Um uh, Matt, before we uh, went to a break, and uh, you know me and Chuck have been waiting to hear this. Uh, Matt has been hyping up this trade proposal that he has. We're just kind of this this segment is just going to be messing around a little bit, um, a little fun before we get out of here um some trades we were talking about a little earlier before uh, before the break um young guys do we trade them what's gonna happen matt take the floor man you have a trade that's supposedly gonna piss off me and chuck for different reasons and i'm excited to hear about this one so you're both pretty
2: well-tempered guys so i don't know if it'll piss you off but i don't think you'll like it um so listen, and I said nobody's off limits. I meant it. And this might be too much. All right. Fine. this is, this is my panicky mind. This is what I'm doing. Okay. I'm, I'm losing my shit. I'm trying to figure out how to save the season so I can save myself. Okay. This is all this is. So this is it. Right. Warriors are sending everybody. Okay. I mean, everyone. I got pool, Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, maybe picks. Yeah. Pool in there. I said it. That's the one. Got them. That's your guy, dude. All four. Jesus. And this might be too much, Chuck. You're gonna, you're gonna have some. You say Kevin
0: Durant, He's Miles Turner, Durant.
2: Tyrese Halliburton, Chris.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chris, Chris Duarte. I'm serious, dead ass. Okay, why you he doing Halliburton? There, all right, give me Halley, give me Duarte on the wing. Why would me, the Pacers do that? You're That's... throwing picks too. You're throwing picks. This team wants to tank. They're winning too many games right now. They don't do it. So, I think the Pacers say no, but I think the Warriors get two defensive anchors. They got Looney, they got Dre. They hey, got and they can, the hey, they can keep the youth
0: movement. This is it.
2: They get they get a young guard who's better than all the Warriors, young players right now. Can we agree on that? Okay. Yep. So I'm just And, saying, I'm, and
0: Miles Turner. Why would the Pacers say yes?
2: You know you tell me, man, but this is what I'm doing in my time, okay? Who coming so, Wiseman? Mood.
1: Moody. moody and Picks? Maybe Picks. Uh, I think the sticking point will definitely be Halliburton. Halliburton's not going anywhere, shot He's not coming.
0: No shot. As yeah. Soon as, you, as soon as you said you start off a Miles Turner, bro. Come on, you scared or, us right there. We're, we're then. Well, no, Chuck, Chuck is not a Miles Turner guy, man. Through Halliburton, it was like yeah, a, it was never going to work. I'm not a Miles Turner as a Warrior guy. Like, yeah, me neither. I've never been. I've never been a fan. I like him. I think he can, you know, find his way to the Lakers somehow. Um, I wish if he,
1: I wish he could provide like any sort of interior presence offensively, because that would be really needed for this Warriors team. I think they could do some interesting things with a stretch big, but he's not. He's not like you know a high 30s stretch big. He's like a mid to low. thirties, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So um, my thought
2: here though is just you getting you're you're strengthening your defense off the bench. If you keep, let's say, you start Turner. You throw Looney on the bench. You get a better wing oh, in Looney, than they have on, right man. now. No, I'm no, no, I'm not saying throw. To be clear, I'm gonna gently put Looney on the bench, okay? And he's gonna be okay. All right. Got one trade and um, he's
0: just shoving everyone aside, man. I'm Looney's just trying to
2: something. think long term, short term, what my management would be cool with and what's given this team. You guys still got you got Halliburton, DiVincenzo, Duarte. Uh you got Loon Dog anchoring that line, all right. Whoever else you toss in there, I don't know. I'm just, tell tell me off, guys. I'm fully expecting this. I did this and it was, it was, it was, uh, I, look, I, I think the
0: fixes you're trying to go for are like the right fixes. I just don't see that. I mean, the, I don't see him pulling the plug on it like the entire youth movement. You tell me you're throwing pool, yeah, in there pool too? included. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. Okay. I don't what, what if, Jordan let's Ford say pool's not going block. out. Let's say pool's not going he's, out. Especially with that contract, picks. bro. He's he's going from
2: it. four to 25. Oh, it works. It works, man. It was Indiana. I, I
1: trust you. I trust you. I
2: promise, man. That's why I was like, well, I got okay, it. Okay, so
1: that's the other thing, too, is like, pool is. pool has the poison pill. Mm-hmm. So, Charlotte being Charlotte, uh, like, <laughs> notoriously the cheapest organization in the league, they're definitely not like putting themselves in financial hell for Jordan Poole. I mean, Indiana? Um, I mean Indiana. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, good. Uh, good. So I'm sure I do. Two. I'm out of man. No, That's I tip my time. hand on uh who I've been thinking about, but um I want to guess before you do it, but we'll see. But uh no, Indiana also penny pinching organization for sure. Uh the poison pill is kind of a death sentence from what I understand. It never comes into play because teams just don't want to do it. Um but I think I think there's a like as I do have issues with the, um, like with the fit with miles, but I think there's a deal to be had there, especially since the Lakers are just kind of negotiating against themselves right now. You know, the Pacers can kind of just set the price and say, mm. you know, deal or no deal. Like we know what you have. We know you're desperate. We know you only have these two assets. So give them to us or don't call us. Um, um, and I, I also think that you know Indiana would see some value in Wiseman, and like I think a guy like Duarte would be interesting. He's kind of had a rough start to the year, but you know he does bring bring a little more consistency. Um, uh, you leave out Pool
0: and you leave out Halliburton. What's What's the next yeah? Thing? Like I think Turner, there's some to be working and Duarte at? for and Kamingo and Wiseman. Kamingo, Wiseman, Moody, and Picks.
2: That's tough. I don't know. I think if you did Wiseman, Moody, and like Jermichael Green, that money would still work probably because Duarte's on a relatively low contract. Maybe. Yeah, okay. I, I like, I like Turner on offense, the Warriors. I don't know how I, would I don't like Jordan.
0: If, I like Jordan Poole. When I, once I hear this one without Jordan Poole in it, yeah, so you much much it, it, it gets much more.
2: How many would you guys let's say you keep pool and then money still works in this case? All right, again, I, I was this is all I was doing for fucking 45 minutes, right? Um, money still works here. You keep pool. Are you giving up everything else? If you can get Hallie and Turner. I, you're not gonna get Halliburton, bro. You don't so think he's
1: going, man. It's impossible. No thanks, guys, for talking. about He's a and bona fide star. He's already. a star,
0: man. You it's got to be Jordan pool for Hallie. Can I dream? I mean, you can try, man. I mean, trade machine. I'll let you dream away. You can dream away. I just. You know when they say you know dreams to do come true. That one's not, my brother. That one is. That's like. A, I needed this, guys. No, it's good. It's good. You know, I, <laughs> I love it. But um, that's not happening. Um, but I, without without pulling there, I'm I I don't. I'm not gonna see. I I still you know I love these I love these young guys. I I, I want this to work out. So it feels weird talking about them and trade stuff yet just because I haven't pulled the plug completely. But I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued.
2: I'm going to be right. totally committed next week, by the way. Like, give, give me six days. Well, six days and 20 good minutes. I'm going to call him untouchable. Yeah. Just give me yeah. – he's going to have four points in like 50 so I'm seconds. Be, yeah. I'm going to think then, he's – who
0: knows? Might be
1: ready. He's 13, quiet. 14,
2: So just be prepared I, for that. Uh, Chuck, go. Go. Can
1: I throw a much
0: less uh, upsetting
1: <laughs> trade away? Yes, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Upsetting to all parties involved, including the Indiana Pacers. Um <laughs> no offense, Matt. I love No, 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 I love, dude. No, I, I love it. Dude. This, is, this is what but, we need. Um. So I think, you know, in the interest of consolidation, what you also have to do is you got to play around with that. The, I think they want to keep the 15th roster spot open because they're probably going to end up signing one of those two-way guys uh, to sort of a, you know, standard deal rest of the year, I think. One of them probably gets that look or they want to stay around for the buyout pool, whatever it may be. Um, but I got a little two for two here. Uh, James Wiseman and Ryan Rollins going yes. to the Charlotte Hornets uh, yes, yes. for, let's see, Mason Plumley. That's the plumley I'm looking at. Oh. And Terry Rozier. I mean, not Terry Rozier, sorry, uh, Dennis Smith Jr.,
0: Oh, I was about to say, but you
1: got Terry was you in there? Jesus. Nah, Terry's way too much money. But, dude, yeah, Dennis, like, they hit it out of the park with that signing. He's been kicking ass since Lamelo's not out there. Wiseman and Rollins? Wiseman and Rollins. For Plumlee and... Dennis. So, the reason I say that, too, is because, like, the money works pretty similarly. They'd actually end up saving money on the deal, which... Which is huge, actually. Yeah, Joe Lacob will love that, uh, that the savings will be exponential. I don't just want to point like out that
2: either. Turner is also expiring.
1: Yeah, no, no. Uh, <laughs> that, that one actually kind of like, that's kind of the sticking point for me. Cause I'm also like, you know, if you trade for a guy that's about to be a free agent, like then you also have to, you know, put in the extra assets to like re-sign him. And, you know, I love, like I would, I would love if Turner had like three years of control, you know, With a guy like Mason Plumley, I'm like, eh, you know, you're not too worried Mm -hmm. about getting the next year of Mason Plumley, too. Like it'd be nice if Dennis Smith Jr. had a longer contract, but he definitely shouldn't be on a minimum right now. So like you gotta kind of take that as a steal. Uh I I, yeah, I don't I like that trade. Yeah, Wiseman Rollins Taegu. So I may
2: have showed my cards by thinking you can include Wiseman in a Halliburton deal just now. Uh but (laughs) but uh I just – Wiseman's so hard in that regard. Like, the, like his trade value is so weird because he's not – he's just straight up not good right now. Does that feel like selling low to you on Wiseman, taking a Plumley?
1: Yeah,
0: and, that, and that was yeah, my Jr. sticking point with it, bro. That was my sticking point. I don't know if that is – you drafted this – I, like, play side to side, like fit, whatever. You drafted this guy number two overall. You, I feel like you can't just settle for, like, Plumley, like – no but disrespect. Is, yeah, I, yeah I, I, no, no disrespect. Like I'm not saying I'm not saying he won't help out the team. I'm not saying there's just some just optics wise. I don't know. It just sounds wrong. Like it just like Chuck. I love the trade. Don't get me wrong. It just sounds like just like you. You're you're just admitting that you just shit the bed, and I just don't think that Joe Lacob has that in him. Like to I'd be like, do could just, just straight up be like I I do too. I think that it, the... Sure, but like, yeah, I, I, I've i seen a lot of stuff for you. For uh, wasn't it Jakob Podol? Podol, Podol? Pertle. That's, that's Pertle? the R Pertle. sound, yeah. Pertle? Um, I like him, man. I, I know he's not a plumbing, he might be like in that category. I like him, man. It was like Wiseman and like a pick.
2: The thing with Pertle, I love that trade, I just think he's overqualified for what you'd be trading for. In a backup bag on the Warriors. Yeah. He's, good. He's really good. He's like a really good basketball player. And I that's think. yeah,
0: like I remember him, like just, just, was he in Toronto too?
2: Yeah. He was yeah. part of the, uh, part of the one side Kawhi, deal. Yeah. Kawhi okay. deal. yeah, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just for Wiseman, it, that's kind of the thing. It's like you want to sell it to get talent back, but there's also an optics thing where he was the number two pick. You, you took him in a draft with Halliburton, with, um, well, was it who's the other guy? Um, Lomelo, shit. That was yeah, like Lomelo was in that draft. There's the so names like, go on and on, man. There's a Albert. lot of there's a lot of names, yeah. Yes. Alburn, uh, um, oh my god, don't there's a lot of names in that draft that you passed on. Was Isaac Okoro that draft too? Yep, Okoro, oh. Vessel, uh, yes, yeah, that's right. It's like, there's there's some Kong good, Wu, like, we go. Okong, yeah, there's some like there's some players that could help uh, could be helping out this team right now, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's not even the optics for me. I mean, again, I think, I I don't, Chuck, I don't think it's a silly trade at all. I just, it's hard for me to figure out what Wiseman's actually worth and what he'll be worth. Yeah, but like that's the thing. Getting two rotation players is like, that's, that's, those are two guys who objectively the Warriors snag either or a combination of those two. They're playing 20 minutes tomorrow, right?
0: But like that's my thing with this entire like trading like a a Wiseman or even less of a Kuba. I feel like the the front office has so much invested into Wiseman and just, like the, they're like that's Joe Lacob's guy, um, in terms of just like a pick. I don't like. I feel like if you're going, if they are going to trade him, um, it's gonna be like optics is gonna be part of that. Like I, I don't think that it's something that is not gonna be a part of the deal.
2: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, there are more.
1: <laughs>
2: there are more trades. Uh, Sam and Spendiari brought this up today, and it was funny. I was actually thinking, or maybe it was yesterday, but I was actually thinking about it. So you just go hop on basketball, refer- re- basketball reference, basketball reference. Uh, basketball reference, you see a bunch of players' player salaries and whatnot. A uh, guy that stood out to me was Caruso. Um, that's assuming, and I don't think it's unlikely that the Bulls eventually just kind of combust. I mean, they're not a deep team right now. Obviously, Lonzo's knee has um, cool. been a pretty persistent issue. So there's a world of this team by the trade deadline decides, you know, this is not working out. And I think you couldn't really pick a better player to play next to Poole in the second unit than Alex Caruso right now, I don't think. And if that's a guy who comes up. What are your guys' thoughts there as a potential option?
0: I like Caruso. I think I, great. I think he'd
1: bring a lot. Obviously, like he's such a versatile. He's such a versatile guy you can throw around because, like, not only can he play make and he can connect and make shots, but like the point of attack defense is great. He really hits the glass, and you know, for this Warriors team, like it sounds backwards to add another guard to help this, but like Steph Curry is their best rebounder right now on like a per game basis. And obviously, you know, like per minute wise, in terms of total skill, like Kavon Looney is the best rebounder, but still like, this is a team that needs guys who can secure possessions, who know like where to pick their spots, who can get on a body and, you know, get physical down there. So that would be, that would be a huge addition. Um, I, I, I don't know how that fits in with what they're doing with pool and what they're doing with DiVincenzo, but um,
2: yeah, there's some uh, duplication there of skill set for sure with uh, DiVincenzo and uh, Crusoe.
1: There is, but um, you know, I think you can sort of of find ways around that. I think, Uh, I think in that deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, And you know, I think that would be, Dante hasn't really gotten a fair shake, but you know Caruso is Caruso. Um, I think there are interesting deals out there. Like I think,
0: and this conversations, I feel like because this is not going to be like a just on a whim, like on a, like a Wednesday Dream Plaza is going to be traded. Like I think if there's a move, it's going to be like at the deadline. So we're going to have like a lot of these like just trade discussions and players that come up. Like uh, I think it's it's going to be a it's going to be a whirlwind of a you know two. What is it? February is the deadline? Like two, two three months?
2: To mark my so, words. This is not the last time you guys have left me off the mic. That would have been due to I'm done. Begin. Hey. I'm coming back with you, more ASAP, man.
0: You come back with more <laughs> wise men for Halliburton <laughs> trades or whatever that was, I'm done. Like I'll say yes in a heartbeat. Um, I think if we could get the trade number two for number seven or whatever, down. Yeah. down. Same draft. Um, um, but, hey, you know, I. Uh, True for the stars, kid. I love it. <laughs> I think,
1: man, like, uh we I, I gave a lot of crap on like I Isaac Okoro was one of the guys I wanted to and you brought him up earlier and I want to confirm before he, we saw it. Uh Isaac Okoro is currently uh the worst offensive player in the league really? according to according to Raptor. Ratings
0: <laughs> hey, fit right in, man. At least offensively, we get hide his struggles. Defensively, if he brings that, we're good. We're good. We can There's some up. absurd number from him last year where it was like no player
2: was given more space on corner threes and converting. Oh, dude, I gotta no got find it for you somewhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild stat. He would have maybe like, I should have brought
0: him up as a, as a draft class comparison, but I don't um, know, man. I guess that's that. That was that 2020 draft. Hey, 2020. He got, he's got some hits, he got some misses. Um, that was a little I, fun little, <laughs> little trade, uh, trade thing, but we got games to win, man. Um, I don't want to, I don't want, I want us to figure this out before we have to fucking trade this entire youth movement. I think we still can't. Um, back in action on Friday against the Cavs, a good Cavs team. Um, and then they got kind of a, like you said, a funky little trip coming up. They got Sacramento, um, Houston, San Antonio. Oh, not Houston, San Antonio, Phoenix, uh, the Knicks. Like they got, they got some games that you think they should win. Um, like at least in years past, if you were playing these teams, you'd you like. I chances. honestly
2: think they should win most of those games off the bat I,
0: though. I I'm, That's why I'm caut- cautiously kind of framing this. But like, what what's gonna happen these next few games, man? Starting with the, this Cavs game of Friday, I feel like it's for the first time in maybe twenty. I mean, I guess twenty twenty one. Like it was kind of a toss up. You didn't know what team you were gonna get. Um, each night you knew Steph was going to ball out. You knew, but there's a lot of holes and questions that this team has to answer. They've had a week off. Um, do you see them kind of taking advantage? Not advantage of the schedule, but you know, starting to kind of ride right the ship a little bit and going a little run right here, Chuck.
1: Yeah. So, like you said, you know, couple interesting games coming up. Um, I'm really, I'm really curious to see how they handle this back to back too. You know, going from from Cali to San Antonio overnight. I think we'll probably see some rest on the second night of that back-to-back. Uh I think they'll it'll be good, you know, for them to have gotten a break. Like they've had a few days back home gearing up for what's going to be a really tough matchup with Cleveland. They've just been they're a buzzsaw, man. Like there's no other way to put it. This it's team beat Boston good, man.
0: twice, man. They could they could come out I mean, I don't know if they'll come out Dude, They be, they've like, come that. out
1: of the gate and they're just going to keep chugging. Like health is the only question for this team and that's mean the then they're problem, built to survive a health scare. they can take literally yep. yeah, absolutely Gnarly. yeah they're like, in
2: good shape but check yeah. and gun.
1: yeah if if you know the, the team's biggest flaw is something completely theoretical and unexpected then they're probably pretty fucking good um but uh that's gonna be tough you know they got sacramento they got san antonio um then tough one at phoenix too i think Looking over these next four, I think they probably they probably surprise. I think they might even win this Cleveland game. You know, I think they're gonna come out really motivated. Uh I like, you know, Donovan Mitchell's been a little better defensively. Um, but you know, one thing that I really like about Steve Kerr is he sort of recognizes the relationship between the two ends of the floor. And if you attack one guy relentlessly, who's such an offensive focal point for the team on the other end, um, even if you're not winning you know, all of those like actions at the rate you'd want. You're still accomplishing your goal of making them tired. Uh so they're gonna run Donovan around a lot. They're gonna try to put pressure on Darius Garland because uh, you know, it's a dynamic scoring backcourt. It is not a dynamic defending backcourt. Uh so I think they're gonna need Clay to step up. But I feel like a win's coming there. Um and at the same time I also feel like it feels like they're going to frustratingly drop one of those games in the back-to-back. Um, so that that's kind of how I look at it right now. I think over those next three, probably like, you know, a tight little 2 and one record, uh, you know, nothing to brag about, but uh, I think solid win in Cleveland and then maybe a bit of a frustrating, uh, you know, resting loss to San Antonio. Chuck, Gotham passed
2: you to optimism, man. Cleveland, Mission when it gets accomplish. Cleveland tomorrow, I love it, dude. Um, Mission I kind of think – I think they'll be competitive tomorrow at the very least. Um, I think, like you said, this team has a fire under its ass right now, and they should, and I think we're going to see a shorter rotation. Uh, And I think we're going to see guys who are – maybe have not gotten a lot of playing time, motivated to get more, and can be moody mostly, so I think they'll be on their, their best behavior. Um, Getting Devin Chazza back is also going to be huge, just for hopefully just guiding that bench a little bit, providing some stability. After that though, the next few aren't—they're not really brutal though. Like, Sacramento again—I don't think the Warriors lose that game. And just as a reminder, like the Warriors almost beat the Pelicans without their guys. And I think, um, you know, San Antonio on Mondays—they're not—they're not the Pelicans. And I think that could be a competitive game, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they walk out of that one. Um, and then Phoenix—I think Chris Paul's out right now, and Cam Johnson obviously tore his knee, so that's a short-handed team. So. Uh, I think three and one is possible, but this team also just lost to Detroit, Charlotte, and uh, you know who was that? and Who else in the last few weeks? So Orlando. Um, Orlando, thank you, Gotham. Yeah, yes, nice they just fun. lost to three to three, probably bottom five teams in the league over the span of six days. So you never know, but I think three and one um, seems reasonable over the next four. I can't imagine this this squad going four and zero at any point right now. Seems like about as likely as a deal for uh miles turner and tyrese halliburton apparently so <laughs> so uh, that's where i'm at i think about three and one right now
0: yeah i mean i I'm, i I, all, like i said you guys said it man optimism is my thing i like i like being optimistic about the words i don't know if i can even do like a a series of games prediction right now i'm gonna just stick with the Cavs game for now i think that they can come out and win this one um but there's, I am not gonna lie. I have, there's no confidence in me that they're gonna figure this out consistency wise anytime soon. Um, so I, I want to say, you know, they go on a, you know, two and two, three and one kind of thing. But, um, just take it game by game, man. Like you are, you are still very much in the, in the, kind of just in, in the thicket of getting out of this hole you're still in. Like they're just, this, they beat the Kings, man. They. You, you still have a lot of stuff to improve on. Your schedule, your record is what it is to four and seven. So I just want to see them get back to 500, get get some games under their cushion, um, you know, kind of just as they approach this month of November. Um, but I'll say that they start off well. I mean, I think a week off, and uh, I think the Cavs have lost a couple as well um, coming into this one. So
2: lots of Detroit the other day, I think.
0: Yeah, some I saw me a battle of the teams that the Pistons are better than, I guess. But. Um, no, I think they can if they can bounce back well against the Cavs, it'll just kind of reignite this team. I think that Kings game started it just with Steph putting the team on his back. Hopefully, you get better like just the team performance, um, especially from that bench unit, like you guys said, DiVincenzo comes back. And so, if they can win that Cavs game against a good team, that just gives them confidence, and then they can, you know, seriously spark a run. Um, but that's what they need right now. They they gotta win games. You gotta chase wins. Um, you're you're still four and seven. Um, Steph Curry as great as he is and as much as he might be able to still do this, um, you can't keep winning games with him playing 38 minutes and dropping 47 each night. Like it's just not sustainable. Um, so I just want to see a good, good, good team win on Friday after a week off. But, um, I think they got it in them. Um, I think that, you know, the rotation is what it is. We'll see what happens, but, um, it's, it's operation right to shit. That's, that's, uh, we're in the middle of that, but, um, Man, I think they got this one. I quote World Be Free, man. He said the ship be sinking. So that's where I'm at. It do be, it do be sinking, but <laughs> it do be saved sometimes. Shout out to Coast Guard um, homies. Um, but other than that, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Games East Clay podcast or watching it. If you see this on YouTube, um, leave it some comments, subscribe, um, like posting this shit on YouTube, and the quality's pretty good kind of looks like we're in a deposition at the end. I was telling these guys before. And, um, yeah, other than that, any uh, any shout-outs, Matt, Chuck, before we get on out of here?
1: Well, if you haven't already, check out my uh, piece on James Wiseman uh, about how that has not quite panned out uh, at outwillpass.net. You can check it out or on my Twitter at Claytheist11. Yeah, beyond that, you know, going to keep just posting until the thing falls apart. Love it. love it. Keep them coming, Chuck. That was a great. Talking
2: about both Twitter and the Warriors right now.
1: It's just the <laughs> world nailed the it head. right on the head, baby. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm uh, gift game. Really diving in deep into the gift game. Uh, so <laughs> if you have a chance oh to hit the heart button or the square little arrows button, uh, when you see something that makes you chuckle, please do so.
0: As <laughs> love it. Dude. Just retweet both of those things. Um, Check out the piece. Check out Matt's gifts. Um, Nothing else, man. From here, just keep following. Keep following Clay. Um, Actually, just please uh, subscribe to the YouTube. uh, I do want to, like, make this thing. um, Get some more content out for you guys on Twitter, on other TikTok, whatever. Um, Post some clips. uh, So just let us know. Give us some feedback. And as always, want to hear, like, your thoughts about um, everything as we kind of go through this season together. Uh, But until then, guys, um, as always, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. And that'll do it. The Golden State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference final for the second straight year. They eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.